Hello, it's time again for another episode of The Daily Bolt with your host, Dr. Jeff Tilley. Today's topic, Air Pollution in the Summer, Part 2. Okay, so it's been a couple weeks since I've come to you with a podcast. I've taken a little bit of time off, real short hiatus, while I got the initial recovery from ACL tendon surgery and my left knee underway. And now I'm back and raring to go, and we've got a lot of things to talk about over the next week. I want to continue on with this series on air pollution that I started last time before the surgery. And what I want to talk about today is really why we have pollution at all. Why is it such an issue? Apart from the fact that we have industry, we have vehicles that put a lot of pollutants in the air. We talked last time about what those pollutants are. So why do we have issues with it? Why can't we just put things into the air and have the air blow it around and take it away and disperse it and we don't really have any problems with our air quality? Well, the reasons relate to various mechanisms that help to keep pollutants trapped either in an area in terms of where you are located on the planet, horizontally, on the Earth's surface, or processes that keep the pollutants trapped in the vertical, close to the surface, so they don't go up and spread out all through the atmosphere like they potentially could. One of the biggest culprits in terms of these processes is what's called a temperature inversion. Temperature inversion is a situation where the air temperature actually increases or remains approximately steady with height. Normally the situation in the lower part of the atmosphere is that the temperature in the atmosphere will decrease with height, either relatively slowly or relatively quickly, up to a rate of about 10 degrees Celsius per kilometer, a rate that we call the dry adiabatic lapse rate. And normally when that's the case, warmer air from the surface that gets heated by the ground goes upward and slowly expands and cools and continues on upward as long as it's warmer than the air around it. That's actually one of the processes that results in cumulonimbus cloud and thunderstorm generation. That's a topic for a whole other series of podcasts and I'm sure we'll get to that at some point over the summer. But as far as air pollution goes, the nice thing when we have temperature decreasing with height is that typically pollutants get emitted, at least from industry, at a relatively warmer temperature than the ambient temperature outside. So it's automatically warmer, the pollutants go up, and they have a chance to disperse not only in the vertically, but to have the winds aloft, which tend to be stronger than at the surface, also help to spread out the pollutants. Uh, and the pollutants will tend to disperse and keep their concentrations relatively low, so they don't result in problems for us here at the surface. When we have a temperature inversion, the atmosphere is what we call stable to a vertical displacement. And as a result, your air that comes out from a smokestack, for example, really ends up cooling and ultimately becoming either at the same temperature as the air around it, or it even becomes colder than the air around it as it expands uh, and cools as it goes upward. And ultimately, that limits how far upward that air can actually go. Your air actually will tend to stay within a relatively close 
vertical range from where it starts. And in terms of air pollution, that means that your air pollutants get trapped relatively near the surface by this temperature inversion. And it works the same for vehicle exhaust. Vehicle exhaust that comes out of your car is relatively hotter than the air around it, but the more you have a temperature inversion, the more that air, the exhaust, the gases that come out of the exhaust pipe, they go up and they rise, they expand as they rise and cool, and they ultimately end up at about the same temperature as the atmosphere at some level relatively close to the surface, usually within maybe about a kilometer or a thousand meters, or roughly six-tenths of a mile or so above the surface, and they can't get up any farther. And often, then, you have a buildup of these pollutants near the surface by this temperature inversion. So what can cause these temperature inversions? There's actually a number of different processes that are involved in creating temperature inversions in the atmosphere. One of those processes is in the summertime, a large ridge of high pressure that you often hear the weathercaster on the TV talk about. These large ridges of high pressure contain not only relatively warm air throughout the entire atmosphere column, but it's also relatively stagnant. It doesn't move much horizontally. So not only do you not have the pollutants able to disperse vertically, but you don't have very much wind to disperse them horizontally either. And so you end up with pollutants accumulating progressively more and more near the surface. And in particular, this is why there are summertime air quality issues in a lot of cities in the U.S. and particularly in the South in terms of any place where you have a large concentration of industry and vehicles and you have a preponderance of these large-scale high-pressure systems that keep the inversions in place, have relatively stagnant air, and the pollutants really have nowhere to go. And the only way you can really get rid of them is if you happen to be lucky enough to have a summertime thunderstorm pop up and wash them out. As you have air going over mountain ranges, you have another mechanism for creating inversions. And places along the front range of the Rocky Mountains that are relatively populated, metropolitan Denver, Colorado Springs, Albuquerque, even El Paso, Texas, uh, are places where you have descending air from above coming over the mountain, coming down, and they create their own temperature inversion structures that end up trapping the pollutants close to the surface. And if you're close to a coastal region, you can have a sea breeze circulation actually uh, produce much of the same type of effect. And in fact, you can have a double whammy from the sea breeze. The way a sea breeze works is that during the day, your land heats up more than the water next to it because the land has what we call a higher specific heat than the water ability, of, well, the specific heat is basically how much energy it takes to warm the land one degree Celsius compared to the water. Land has a lower specific heat than water, and that means that land heats up faster, your air tends to rise, comes on in, and you have a breeze come in from the sea. So even if you have a situation where your pollutants might be trying to go out to sea, the sea breeze develops during the day and brings them back in. Then at night, you have the reverse going on, what's called a land breeze, and your land cools faster than your ocean. 
that means you actually have your rising air over the ocean and sinking air over the land. And as a result, you end up creating a temperature inversion once again. This is a big problem out on the West Coast in terms of uh, Southern California. It's one reason Southern California's air pollution is as bad as it is much of the year because you have these mechanisms all going on. You have not only air coming over the mountains, there are mountain ranges north of the biggest population areas in Southern California called the transverse ranges, and you have sea breeze and land breeze effects coming into play. And if that's not enough, you do get these large-scale high-pressure systems as well during certain parts of the year, particularly in the summer. So you have all these things working, and you have one other thing. You have the sun. How does the sun come into play for air pollution? The sun comes into play because many of the constituents that we emit uh, in terms of man-made pollutants from industry vehicles, nitrous oxides, sulfur oxides in particular, are compounds that react with the sun's energy. The, the sun's energy is basically a catalyst for a chemical reaction that creates the more toxic pollutants. And it creates more of them from the constituents that are already in the atmosphere. So you can have your air pollution actually be uh, getting progressively worse with all of these things interacting together if you don't have anything to break up the pattern. So summertime is one of the times we have the biggest problems with air pollution in most parts of the country. Where I talked about the Rocky Mountains, Denver, Albuquerque, El Paso, sometimes the problem's bigger in the winter because you have more of this descending air coming over the Rocky Mountains and creating a temperature inversion there. But for most of us, it's the summer, and as we get these summertime systems, these big, large-scale, high-pressure systems, like one of the ones we've had over much of the country for the past couple of weeks, you get a greater potential likelihood for air pollution, air quality events, if you don't have thunderstorms developed during the day that help wash some of it out. And that's a process that's called scavenging, and it's one of the benefits we get from summertime thunderstorms. So, it would seem that one way we could certainly help our air pollution problem is to actually emit less pollutants ourselves. We can't really change the large-scale circulation of the planet very easily, and it would be extremely expensive to do a lot of small-scale interventions as well. It's also another topic for another day. But what we will talk about in the next podcast is some of the politics behind air pollution and why the Clean Air Act has been as contentious as it has been. I look forward to that discussion with you next time, but for now, that's all for this edition of The Daily Bolt. I'm Dr. Jeff Tilley, happy to be back with you, and if you like this podcast, feel free to share, feel free to like, feel free to become a patron if you really like this podcast. We'd love to have you as a patron that would help us expand what we do here uh, compared to what we're doing right now, which is good, but we could do more if we had some of your support. For now, that's it for the Daily Bolt. Have a great day, and I'll see you next time.